sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall show forth your praise. God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 32. O how joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle or else it will not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Amen. First reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Working together with him, we also appeal to you, don't receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I listened to you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. We are not giving anyone an occasion for offense so that the ministry will not be blamed. Instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves in everything by great endurance, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties, by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, through, the, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report regarded as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet recognized, as dying yet see, we live as being disciplined yet not killed, as grieving yet always rejoicing, as poor yet enriching many, as having nothing yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. 
Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and angels came and began to serve him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. These are some of the readings for our first Sunday in Lent. It's been tradition within the church that the temptation of Jesus tends to be the beginning of our Lenten Sundays. Yes, Lent starts on Ash Wednesday. We will have a, a, a episode dealing with Ash Wednesday on Ash Wednesday. But it starts with Jesus' temptation because Lent is a time in which we remember that time, right? 40 days. Uh, we don't count Sundays. Sundays are feast days. So we, our fast days are, are times of denying ourselves things during Lent. 40 days from Ash Wednesday until uh, Easter Eve uh, and, or the sunrise service, depending on your church context. But with this uh, passage, uh, we've been able to uh, inundate ourselves with the understanding of, of temptation as being a real thing, right? If Jesus was tempted, then we're tempted. And, and, and it causes us to start thinking about Lent, or it should anyways, of a time in which we are to remind ourselves of that. Just as our, our psalm uh, told us, talked to us about confessing our sin. That, that when we don't confess our sin, when we don't confess our ineptitude, when we don't confess our frailty, when we don't confess the things that are ruining us, we ruin ourselves even more, uh, number one. Number two, it causes us to deny the necessity of God, the necessity of what he said down through the ages, the necessity of, of receiving from him that which we need, which is Jesus Christ himself. And it, and it should be a stunning thing for us here, because as, as we read about the temptation of Jesus, we find him being tempted in every way that we're always tempted, and actually, in fact, uh, tempted in every way that we tend to sin. Uh, lack of faith in God. Lack of trust that when we are hungry, when we are suffering, God is still with us. A lack of faith or trust that when we are hungry, when we are suffering, when we are under affliction, when we are sick, when we are dying, that God doesn't listen to us. And here we have Jesus first, you know, the, the devil comes to him and, and says, turn these stones into bread. You're hungry. Eat, Jesus. You have the ability to do it. And Jesus says, no. You live on more than bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Why? Because God's mouth creates. God's mouth gives life. God's mouth is this declaring thing that proclaims words that raises the dead, that brought light into the world at the beginning of creation, that makes a new creation, that it declares something that was one thing, a new thing, that, that it declares a sinner a saint, for instance. It declares a dead man and a, a living man. It, it, it breathes life into our dry bones and that that someday soon the days will come in which food loses its taste 
for some of you, maybe that's the case now, that, that, that uh, part of the aging process is that our taste buds start to fail us. And so the enjoyment of food starts to become a burden rather than an enjoyment. And yet we know that we have another place that we can turn for our life and our salvation, which is God. He also gets tempted with protection, right? We know everything about that, especially right now. First, it, it was dealing with COVID. Everyone was afraid of death, of getting sick, of going to the hospital, all these things to the point that, that we've, we've changed the way we do things, whether it's hand sanitizer, masks, social distancing, not traveling, what, uh, going, you know, wiping down shopping carts at the grocery store, all these things, right? We've changed those things because fear has come over us because we're worried about protection. Well, the devil takes it even further with Jesus and says, well, God has made you a promise. So just, just do this so that you can prove that God is who he says he is. But it's an article of faith, right? To trust that God will take care of us, that God will protect us, even if we end up being in a situation of fear, a situation of danger. And Jesus says, I'm not going to test God. God has made a promise. I'm going to trust him. It's an issue of faith. Testing God is the exact opposite. Uh, this testing of God is, is an image of us when we do the, if you do this, God, then I will do that. If you will do that, God, I will do this. God, I promise if you will uh, protect me or guard my family or do whatever, I promise I will serve you every day of my life. Uh, even though we should be serving him every day of our life, regardless of whether he protects us or not. Or I think of all the prayers right now being lifted up for Ukraine, right? Praying for protection, praying for safety, praying for the end of war, praying for all those things. Well, this time right now, this war, this suffering, this affliction can be a time of either one, lacking trust that God even exists because humanity is destroying itself again, or trusting that even in the midst of a conflict, God is going to work together for good. We don't know what that good is going to be, but we pray that it would be true. And then finally, it's the issue of power, right? All these kingdoms, I'll give them to you if you just worship me. All these kingdoms, I'll give to you. All this power, all this glory, I'll basically make you a god, Jesus, if you will just turn your back on your father and worship me. How often does that come to us? The next investment, that next job, that honor student sticker on the back of the car, all those things that we glory in when the reality is, is that all our glory is in suffering because all our glory is tied to a cross, to a death. Well, one of the big things that we'll need to remember for Lent is that Lent is this time of journey. Lent is this time to make our way to that cross. And that involves God's will working through death, working through pain, working through suffering to make us his own. I always love this first verse in chapter four of Matthew because it says the spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted. 
the, the Spirit doing something that we wouldn't think God would do? Why would God allow this sort of thing to happen? Is what we always find ourselves saying, right? Why is there so much evil? Why would God allow so much evil in the world? Uh, those sorts of things. Never thinking that God is God and He works the way He's going to work. And so I wonder, over these coming 40 days plus Sundays, where is God driving you to? What is God going to deny you these next few weeks? Or what does God need to deny you because uh, you've saddled yourself over these last couple of years to a particular lifestyle that has maybe kept you from growing in faith and love towards God and towards one another? What conviction needs to come to you to help you confess your sin, help you confess your fear, help you confess your lack of faith? What is the, the thing that God is going to be doing in you to help drive you to the cross so that you are left with nothing but clinging to the broken, dying, dead, bloody body of Christ that gets buried in the tomb only to be raised on the third day that we might celebrate over the fact that we have been given life in his name, not our own. I wonder, church, what that might be for you and I wonder what that might be for me. I pray that that is the case for us. And we would be gathered by God into times of prayer, times of seeking his word and seeking his will, that we might be crafted into the disciples that we are supposed to be, rather than the ones that we think we should be. Let us pray. The Lord mercifully hear our prayer and stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to defend us from those that rise up against us. Through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you on Wednesday with our Ash Wednesday meditation.